Hi, this is Marcus, and I just want to welcome you to the Timbers Church Podcast. We're excited that you're here. One of the things that we aim to do is to add some value to your life, to your family, to our community, and our world. We do so by exploring the truths that come from God's Word. So start the journey with us and hit subscribe and check out this podcast every week. Now, let's dive into this week's message. Hey there. I just uh, I just want to say, hey, welcome. So glad that you're joining us online. I know it's a little bit weird uh, when you're going to church online here, but uh, I just want you to know this. There's a lot of exciting things that come from this too, because I've also been noticing that we're having people that are coming from literally uh, outside of Minnesota. Timbers Church is a church that is in Rogers, Minnesota, but we have people that are outside of Rogers that are attending here online. We have people all over the state of Minnesota. We have people from Michigan. We have people from California. Oregon, all over. And it's very exciting to see that our church has sort of expanded a little bit. And we just want to say welcome to all of you that are joining us. It's just fun that you are getting to be a part of us in these crazy days. If you were here last week, uh, you know that like I've been praying for you guys. I said that at the very start. And I'm going to say that again. I'm still praying for you guys. Uh, My prayer this week for you has been simply that you're surviving, Uh, but not just surviving. I'm actually praying that you're thriving during these crazy times. Times, and I hope that is the case. If not, if there's something specific that I can pray for you, I, I just hope that you would reach out to me and let me know so that I can pray for you because I really, really do care about you guys. Even though I can't see you and I'm looking at a camera, I want you to know, man, I am excited that you're here and I am praying for you. Now, if you were here also last week, you know that we started a new sort of mini series. We're going to finish it up here today, but I just felt like I felt like we should stay close to the Easter story. And the reason why was because the Easter story one is a powerful story and there's so much to it that we couldn't capture in the three weeks previous uh, leading up to Easter and then Easter Sunday. Uh, There's just a lot more to unpack. And so I wanted to spend a little bit more time, but then also I was starting to think like our life is now crazy and the disciples and the followers of Jesus, when Jesus died on a cross, their lives became crazy. Their lives were turned upside down and they were wrestling with this question. Okay, now what do we do? Jesus is dead. He's gone. What do we do? And then Jesus rose again. And that was crazy. And it's like, okay, now what? Now what do we do? He's he's back alive. And so there's just all these now what questions that they were wrestling with, which I feel is a little bit what we too are wrestling with. As circumstances in this world has sort of turned our lives upside down, we're wrestling with this now what question. So we're kicking off a series called Now What? We're going to finish that series up with part two today. So it's just really quick. But if you missed last week's message, hop over to YouTube and go check it out. It's there for you to watch. All our messages have been being uploaded there. So I encourage you to visit YouTube, find Timbers Church, and then subscribe if you haven't already. Uh, I just think that it's a, a place that could possibly just maybe add some value to your life. We're uploading some devotionals there as well. And it's just sort of cool. Now, if you, uh, are ready and ready to take notes, have something to write on, you can write now what part two, and then just write down, uh, well, actually get out our Bibles. Let's get out our Bibles because we're going to dive into this and let's turn to Luke chapter 24. Let's open up there. Luke chapter 24. Now here's the thing. Uh, if you don't have a Bible like this, you can actually download a, a Bible app called Version on your phone or smart device, a tablet, whatever. Uh, it's a great, great resource. Encourage you to do that. All the translations. I'm going to be preaching out the NIV translation today. 
Okay, so you can find it there. If you are watching today on timberschurch.online.church, you'll see there's a little thing that you can click that actually has a Bible in there. And that's sort of a cool little extra element that we have on our online platform. So that's a cool little piece. But even if you're on Facebook or on YouTube watching today, uh, make sure that you get this because this is what we're diving into to unpack. So uh, that's uh, just uh, some, some, I guess, ways that we can resource you to get you into God's Word. So, all right, you ready? I'm going to read a large portion of Scripture here, and we're going to go all the way through, okay? We want to hear the whole story so that we can understand what was sort of going on. Then we'll come back and sort of pick this story apart. But I want you to sort of be up to speed on exactly what was happening, and that's why I'm going to read all the way through. Luke chapter 24, we're going to pick it up in verse 13. We're going to read all the way through verse 34. Here we go. Now, That same day, two men were going to a village called uh, Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking with each other about everything that had happened. As they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them. But they were kept from recognizing him. He asked them, what are you discussing together as you walk along? They stood still, their faces downcast. One of them, named Cleopas, asked him, Are you the only one visiting Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened in these days? What things? he asked. About Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. He was a prophet, powerful in word and deed, before God and all the people. The chief priests and the rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death, and they crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And what is more, it is the third day since all this took place. In addition, some of our women amazed us. They went to the tomb early this morning, but they did not find the body. They came and they told us that they had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Then some of our companions went to the tomb and found it just as the woman had said. But they too did not see Jesus. He said to them, How foolish you are and how slow to believe all the prophets have spoken. Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. As they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus continued on as if he were going farther. But they urged him strongly, Stay with us, for it is nearly evening. The day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him. And he disappeared from their sight. They asked each other, Were not our hearts burning within us while he talked to us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? They got up and they returned at once to Jerusalem where they had found the eleven and those with them assembled together and saying, It is true, the Lord has risen and has appeared to Simon. Then the two told what had happened on the way and how Jesus was recognized by them when they broke when he broke the bread 
Let's stop there and let's pray. Will you pray with me? God, we just want to invite you into this message to speak clearly to us. We pray, Father God, that you'll open our ears to hear, open our eyes to see, open our minds that we might understand, and then soften our hearts so that we'll be able to receive all that you speak. And then I pray, Father, that you'll give us the strength and the courage to put what you speak into action because we don't want to just be hearers of your word. God, we want to be doers. So I pray, Father, that you'll help all of us to be your church. And everybody, no matter where you are today, said, amen, amen. I don't know if you've ever felt this way. Probably more than likely you have. Have you ever felt like you're just not moving forward when you want to be? Have you ever felt that? Uh, it could be a lot of different things. Uh, like I'm thinking like you're working out, you want to make some some strength gains, you want to want to get swollen, right? You want to lose some weight. Uh, and it's like you're you're doing the exercise, you're going to the gym. Okay, maybe not the gym right now, but you're doing the home gym, you're doing some exercise, and it's like the pounds are just not coming off and you're not seeing the gains that you wanted. It's like you feel almost like you're moving backwards rather than forward. Or maybe it's at work and you want to get some clients. And so you're like going out and and you just like, man, if I could get some more people in the door, but it feels like for every person that you get in, it's like to leave. It's like you just can't get those clients and it feels like you're heading in the wrong direction. There could be so many situations where it feels like we're moving backwards even though we don't want to. Take relationships, for example. Like you have a relationship. It's like you care about the relationship, but it just feels stagnant. It doesn't feel like it's moving in the direction that it should. Could be your finances. You want to save up. You want to get out of debt. You want to do these things. And it's like as you feel like you start to make a little bit of progress, all of a sudden something breaks down. The vehicle breaks down. There's there's something that, that is an emergency that you have to put that money to. To, right? And it's like all of a sudden you're back at square one and it just feels like you can't make any steps forward. It could be a goal that you set. I mean, the goals that you set for yourself, you know them better than me. And so you just take one of those goals and there's often times that you're going to probably feel like you're not moving forward. And it actually, if you were honest, it sometimes feels like you're actually moving the other direction. It feels like you're moving backwards. So many things. We could go on and on here, but I want to apply, apply this to uh, something spiritual, okay? Take your relationship or lack of relationship with God for an example. When it comes to your relationship with God, oftentimes we want to have a strong relationship with Him. We want to feel close to Him. And so we set out to try to develop that, right? We say, you know what? I'm going to go to church. I'm going to sit in the pew. I'm going to sit in the seat. I'm going to show up every Sunday. Okay, maybe not right now. I'm going to log on to church. I'm going to, I'm going to miss every stream that gets streamed. And then I'm going to hop onto another church's stream. And I'm just going to go to church, right? And get as much church as I can. I'm going to, I'm going to spend some time talking to Him. I'm going to pray, right? I'm going to grab this thing right here. Here, and I'm going to read it from Genesis to Revelation every January to, to December. In, in this year, I'm going to read through this whole thing, and that's exciting. And so we set out with this plan that's going to develop our relationship and make us feel or, or actually be closer to God, right? If we can check off these things and do these things. But then with our plan, as good as it might have been, life gets busy. And when things get busy, our good intentions, sometimes they go bad. And, and so all of a sudden, right now in this season, maybe it's not busyness. Maybe you're working even harder during this season because of all the busyness. But sometimes it's not the busyness. It's just the weirdness that happens in our life and our rhythms and our normal circumstances get changed and our good intention and our plans sort of fall flat. And instead of moving forward, we find ourselves all of a sudden slowly feeling like we're farther and farther away from God. You don't feel like you're moving in the right direction anymore. Some of you 
have tried to get close to God, but you feel like you keep on failing. Matter of fact, you failed so many times at getting close to God that you just decided, you know what, I'm done. I'm throwing in the towel. And, and you just, you think in your head, like, ah, man, I wanted to get close to God, but now I'm starting to question, like, is this just some religion? Like, they said it wasn't a religion, right? Like, it's not about the religious rules and all that, but like, man, I'm feeling like it's a little bit of a religion. I'm feeling like, man, this whole thing, this church thing, this God thing, it's just not working out for me. Maybe, just maybe, this whole thing isn't really real. Maybe I would be better off going in a different direction, doing something else. And you might have not said that out loud, but you thought that thought up here. And when the thought enters up here, all of a sudden what you begin to do is you begin to slowly start to move or drift in a different direction. You, you, you all of a sudden you stop praying. You're not talking to God as much anymore. All of a sudden, you stop opening up this book, and you're not reading this, and you, 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 you missed a few days, and now it doesn't feel like you can get through it in a year, and so the excitement of reading this book all of a sudden drifted off, and you just feel a little bit defeated, and you say, you know what, I don't even know if I need to pick this up right now, because it's just not really speaking to me. You stop showing up to church because somebody told you that you can't gather in groups of over 10 or whatever it is, right? And so all of a sudden you say, you know, well, online church just doesn't feel the same. And so I'm going to stop tuning in. You just are here today because of an accident, maybe, or something pulled you in. I don't know. All of a sudden, little things begin to get us to drift, begin to sort of pull us away. And I cannot tell you how many people I've watched drift, drift away. At one time in their life, when you look at their life, they were close to God. They were loving God. They were doing all these things. And it was like, man, they were all in. But then over time, something happened that caused them to drift. And now if you look at their life from where they were several years ago, they're far from God. And so really quick here, before we go too much farther, I want us to do a little exercise. So if you have something to write down, uh, uh, like a notebook, a piece of paper or something like that, I want you to grab that real quick. I got here a pen and I brought myself a whiteboard. How cool is that? Okay. And I'm going to do something very dangerous. I can't spell worth anything, but I'm going to write something on the board and uh, hopefully I spell it right and you won't make fun of me. Okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to write on one side of this board, I'm going to write the word uh, far. Okay. So I'm writing it right now. Can you see that? That's probably a little bit small for you, but, uh, far. So write far on one side. And then on the other side of the board, I want you to write, uh, the word close. Okay. Close. Okay. So here we go. There you go. Still probably small, but you get the picture. Okay. So on one side, you got far on the other side, you got close. And now what I want you to do is I want you to put uh, 10 dots in between one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. 10. Okay. And so all of a sudden you have this close being close to God. You feel like you're close to God over here, over here. You feel like you're far from God. I want you to then put a line somewhere of where you feel. Do you feel like you're over here and you're just so close to God, man, things are good. You mark it right there. If you feel like you're far from God right now, I want you to mark it right here. Okay. I'm feeling far from God. Or maybe you feel right around in the middle. You're right there. I want you to take some time right now and I want you to mark your paper. Where do you feel? 
feel like you are. Are you far from God or are you close to God or are you somewhere in the middle? My guess today, no matter where you are watching from, my guess is that a lot of you that are watching today, if you did that, even if it was just up here in your head, just mentally of placing it, my guess is that we probably had several of you that marked somewhere right around here. You're, you're, you're feeling like, yeah, I'm just right here. I don't want to be there. I want to be over here, but I just don't feel like I am. I feel like I'm somewhere over here. Maybe you even today, Mark, that you are feeling like you are far from God. I'm as far as I could possibly get from him. And if you mark somewhere around there, no matter where you mark today, I want you to know this. Today is going to be a message that is good news for you. I I, I just ask that you stick around to the end because if you can stick around to the end, you're going to hear the good news and you're going to have an opportunity to become close to God. You're going to have an opportunity to move in this direction. And so please, please stick around because I'm given an opportunity to say yes to Jesus. So you might start to feel a pulling even right now. I'm just preparing you. Hang around because at the end, I'm going to give that opportunity. But until then, I want you to sort of get some things from our text that we kick things off with. So if we were to jump back here to our text and sort of unpack everything that was happening, I want you to catch a couple different things. Today, we're looking at two guys, two guys that were doing what? They were walking down the road. They were heading out of town. Now, just a little while ago, just to give some background of everything that had happened up to this point in the story, if you remember that the followers of Jesus, they were expecting Jesus to become the next king of Israel, right? That's what they were banking on. They were banking on Jesus becoming the king of Israel. And many of his followers and disciples had actually left their homes and their jobs in order to be close to Jesus, in order to, to follow Jesus, because they're like, when he becomes king... I want to be in. I want to be as close to him as I possibly can. And so they left all these things. They sacrificed greatly in order to be close to him. So when Jesus was taken, falsely accused, and then literally executed on a cross and found to be dead, all of a sudden, all their plans, all their intentions of Jesus becoming king of the Jews or king of Israel, all of a sudden, it all fell flat. It fell apart. The plan was no longer a good plan. Because he was now dead. And so they would have found themselves wrestling with their own internal question of, okay, now what? The plan doesn't work. He's dead. I don't know what to do. What, what do we do next? Now, last week, we saw what Mary did. Mary literally went to the tomb and she's outside the tomb and she's crying. And in her grief, she, she didn't know what to do next. And that's actually how most of the followers of Jesus felt. They were dealing with this grief and this uncertainty of what to do next. They had no idea what was going to happen to their lives if they were followers of Jesus. They had no idea of what they were supposed to be doing during this time because Jesus was the one giving direction and now he's gone. So what do we do? Now, last week, we unpacked what happened to Mary, and this week, we're unpacking what happened to these two guys. Here's the catch. All of this happened on the same day. If we were to go back to our text here, it says in verse 13 and 14, it says this. It says, now that same day, the same day Mary encountered Jesus, okay, the same day Mary went to the tomb and realized that he was alive, the same day 
two men were going to a village called uh, Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking with each other about everything that had happened. All right. So that's sort of cool because here they are and they're having a conversation. And the conversation was interesting because they were talking about everything that had happened. And we could spend some time sort of talking a little bit about everything that had happened up to that point. It was probably a very good conversation, right? But what I want us to focus in on here is not their conversation of what was happening. as I want us to catch the direction that they were heading, okay? Because the direction that they were heading is a big deal. Because where were they heading? They weren't heading to Jerusalem. They were leaving Jerusalem. They were actually walking away from where everything had happened. They think that Jesus is dead, even though Mary said that he was alive and there was some uncertainty of where his body was. They, instead of sticking around to see what unfolded and what happened next, they had decided and made the decision that it was time for them to leave Jerusalem. It was time for them to move on. It was time for them to return to the way things used to be, to go home, to go back to their job, to go back to wherever it was that they were headed. But they were not sticking around where it was unfolding. Does that make sense? And so all of a sudden we see... We see something here. We see something that's happening. We see two people that said, you know what? I'm out. And this is what I see happen so many times with so many of my friends is they had encountered Jesus, lived for Jesus. But then when all of a sudden life became difficult, they felt like Jesus wasn't present. Yet, if you look back on their life, there are so many times where he was and they couldn't deny it. But then when that difficult situation came alive in their life, they make a decision. You know what? Because I don't feel him anymore, I'm going to make a decision to move on without him, even though I felt him in the past. I'm going to write that off as something that I ate or something that I drank, and I'm going to begin to walk back to where I was before Jesus ever entered into my picture. I see this happen all the time, and this might be something that you've even done, or maybe you're actually feeling like you're in that process right now where the storm has come, things are difficult, you don't feel his presence, and you're slowly starting to drift and wondering, man, I just don't know if I belong here anymore. And if that is you, or if you've done that in the past, you need to catch what I'm about to show you next. Because what happened next in the story is so profound, it's so amazing, it's so exciting. Just go to verse 15 and look at verse 15 here. Verse 15, it says this. It says, as they, were ta- as they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them. Let that sink in for a moment. Jesus himself, the one who was dead on a cross, has now showed up to two people who are walking away. They're walking away. And Jesus, the guy who was nailed to the cross, shows up. He shows up and he begins to walk alongside them. He begins to engage with them. He begins to teach them what God's ultimate plan in all this was. Now, that doesn't make sense to me, right? It doesn't make sense to me because they were heading in the wrong direction. 
it would make sense to me if they would have, if Jesus would have showed up to Mary, right? But it doesn't make sense to me that he showed up to these two people because they were heading in the wrong direction. And they didn't even know that this was Jesus. They didn't see it at first, but they felt something when he was there. And then all of a sudden it happened where they realized this wasn't just some guy. This was Jesus. I want you to look at, at when that happened. In verse 31 through 32, it says, When he was at the table with them, he took bread and he gave thanks, broke it, and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were open and they recognized him and he disappeared right in front of them. Oh, if you look at verse 32, it also says, then they, they looked at each other and they were, were our hearts, were our hearts not burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures? That's what they said. Can you imagine what's going on here in their minds, the excitement that they must have found? Like all of a sudden they're headed in this other direction, leaving Jerusalem, writing this off as a chapter of their life. And now Jesus is there and we recognized him and now he's gone. We don't know where he is, but like we know that he's alive. Jesus, we saw him. He showed up to speak to us. And going back to what I said about Mary, like, like really, when you stop and think about it, it makes sense that Jesus would show up to Mary. Why? Because G Mary was actually walking towards Jesus. She was heading to where she last knew Jesus to be, which was the tomb. She went to go visit the tomb, see his body, and, and, and pour some ointments there. But all of a sudden, Jesus shows up to her. That makes sense to me. What doesn't make sense is that Jesus would take the time to go show up to some two people who actually decided to walk away from it all. Why would Jesus show up to these two? This is my takeaway here when I stop and think about it. Just because you are walking away from Jesus, it doesn't mean that he isn't walking after you. Just because you're walking away from Jesus doesn't mean that he's not walking after you. After all, he's the one who actually gave his life so that you might have eternal life. The lengths that he's willing to go to, the lengths of his love for you is something that it, 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 we can't wrap our minds around it. His love is unconditional. His love is so vast that we cannot wrap our minds around it. Okay, so he's going to walk after you, even though you find yourself walking away from him now. Look at what these guys did here at the, the last part of the story. When they realized that they had seen Jesus, that he had come and walked with them and taught them and spent some time with them, even when they were walking away. Look at their response when they realized that it was Jesus. Verse 33, the first part says, they got up and returned at once to Jerusalem. Stop there. So Jesus goes after them. And when they realize that, then they get up and they turn around and they head back to Jerusalem. See, Jesus might be going after you right now. He might. And all you need to do is to turn around. You don't have to earn your way back in to be with him. You don't have to fix everything in your life first. You just got to turn around. 
and involve Jesus in the journey of moving back to being closer to God, okay? Involve him in that process because he'll lead you every step of the way. And that is exactly what these two men did. They allowed Jesus to turn them around and to lead them in a new direction. And that is exactly what we too should be doing. So here's my question for us today. Where are you at with all this? Is there an area of your life where you've begun to walk in a different direction? Maybe it isn't obvious. It's just a small, subtle way. You're just slowly starting to drift away in a different direction. If you feel like that's you and you feel like you're drifting, I want you to know that you're not alone. Because the truth of the matter is, most followers of Jesus will encounter those kind of moments. Things will begin to creep into their lives. Some of them bad, some of them not even bad, but it just fills up their life and causes them to slowly drift because their attention on Him begins to to be clouded. And so we slowly begin to drift away. And that is a normal cycle in all Christians' lives. The question then becomes, when that happens, and when we identify the fact that we are drifting, what will we do with that when we notice that that's happening? Will we self-correct? Will we turn around? Because that is one of those moments that is a now what moment. Your now what moments are going to cause you to either move in one direction or another. And the truth of the matter is, for most, their now what moment will cause them to drift away from God instead of towards God. Let me point you to two things that you can do to actually help you get closer to God. The first thing is this. Just begin to notice Jesus. Notice him. Notice that Jesus is still here. Notice that Jesus still cares. See, the more that you look for Jesus, the more you're going to begin to see where he is and and all the things that he is doing around your life. And so I challenge you to do this. I challenge you to pay attention to that burning desire that happens inside of you. Because that's the Holy Spirit trying to pull you, tug you, say, hey, this is the right direction. Move in this direction. The Holy Spirit's always going to be there and he's going to be guiding. And if you pay attention and and you look for it, you're going to feel the burning desire. And listen to that. Because if you do, you will be surprised that he will always be pulling you back to him. You might be feeling that's exactly what he's doing right now in this moment. You have this burning desire to be close to God. Something is pulling you in his direction. Listen to it. Pay attention to it. The second thing is this. Turn around. Turn around. When the two guys realized that Jesus was with them, it changed their perspective. It changed everything for them, especially the direction that they were headed. They no longer were leaving Jerusalem. They said, we got to get back to Jerusalem. Right? So let's be like them and let's just turn our lives around. Those things in our life that are not of Christ, not of God, those things that drift, cause us to drift, pull us away from Him. Uh, let's, let's get rid of those things and let's move back towards Jesus and His truth because it's His truth that will actually set us free. Okay? 
Which brings me to the point where I said at the beginning that I would give this opportunity in my talk. I said I would give an opportunity to say yes to Jesus. Well, this is it. And if you're not a Christian, I want you to know this. Jesus wants to be with you no matter what you've done in your past, no matter how far you've walked away from him, he has been walking after you. So if you are feeling that that burning desire in your heart, that something is pulling you towards God, I, I want you to understand this is your moment to make it right. This is your moment to say yes to Jesus. Just say, Jesus, I choose you. And Jesus, forgive me. And Jesus, lead me from this point forward. If you do that, man, please let us know because here's the thing. I want to celebrate with you. I want to get crazy excited about this. We want to come alongside you in this journey and help you walk that out. And here's the thing. You are going to be better when you're with a tribe, with a family. So connect with us. And we'll connect you to some of our resources. And we'll connect you if you live in a different state or far away from Rogers, Minnesota. We'll connect you to a church that is locally based in your area. But for all of us here today, I also want to finish up with a cue, an action step that we can take. And, and so what I want you to do is I want you to take your little graph here that you made, okay? I want you to take that little graph, and no matter where you marked it, okay, I want you to take that, and I want you to begin to look at that graph. And as you look at that graph, I want you to begin to answer this question, okay? How can I move one step closer to Jesus this week? How can I move one step closer to Jesus this week? I truly believe that is for all of us, even if we marked ourselves over here close to God. Because the truth of the matter is, Jesus has more of himself that he would like to reveal to you and to me. So let's begin to take notice and let us begin to make the turns that are needed to be made in our lives so that we can be one step closer to Christ, to our Heavenly Father. Okay? Can you do that? I hope you will. I hope you will. Let's pray. God, I just thank you that you are a God that walks after us. Even when we're drifting, even when we have decided to walk away from you, you walk after us. You are the one pursuing us. Lord, your love is unconditional. What you did on the cross for us was truly amazing. The fact that you rose from the de dead and are still literally present and interceding on our behalf today is amazing. The fact that someday you will return for us is amazing. And I just pray, Father, as we wrestle with this question on how we can step closer to you, I pray, Father, that you'll give us divine, divine answers to that question and that we all have the strength and the courage to put it into place. I pray this in Jesus' mighty, powerful, powerful name. And everybody said, no matter where you are, what state you're in, no matter what country you're in, I, I pray that you will say amen and amen. I hope you have a blessed rest of your week. Until next time, we'll see you soon.